0: Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about post-harvest manure or cover crop first. In our spotlight, we're going to look at heat stress resilient soybeans, Ag History Minute, we'll have part two of the history of silage, Cool Beans That's Corny, we'll have some current events, and we'll wrap it all up with some you applied what. With me today are Max Garvey.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Todd Schaumburg. Hey to all the tilties out there. Bill Schaumburg. Hey guys. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilf Agronomy. So, Big 10 going to have a season after all. Back yeah. back 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 back. They're back, They're baby. Back.
2: Touchdown Wisconsin and this game is underway with a bang.
1: And there you go, little Matt LePay
2: for you. That's goosebumps right there.
1: Yep, that's it. That's what you need this cool fall morning. I mean, little Holy Matt LePay goodness. action. It was Ten. a cool fall morning, all right. Bloody Mary, 10 o'clock kickoff? I oh, mean, yeah. that's, what, that's what the doctor ordered that's right there. Right. Hustle We're, down, get
2: your spot. Oh, yeah. Throw the grill out.
3: What's the plan, Bill? Uh, Eight games no, season. And no fans, right? I don't think
2: so. Students? Nope. Nope. Well,
0: just, they don't show up anyway. Somebody said, yeah, the yeah. student
1: section will look the same, whether there's fans yeah. or no fans.
3: They could spread out, at least. Te- technically, they're just stuck in their dorms anyway. Yeah, so. I was going to
1: say, technically, right now, most of them aren't allowed out of their dorm rooms, so I wouldn't... Eight game season with a plus one, and the plus
2: one is west versus east. So one on the west side plays one on the east. Two on the west plays two on the east. Okay, so that's the sort of
3: the, like the tournament,
1: the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Yep. So so we're gonna be we're gonna be one on our side, right? Should be. Nebraska thinks they will, but they do. Okay. Okay. This is in nineteen eighty four, Nebraska. <laughs> so yeah. So then we're gonna get to go play. Is Michigan Ohio State?
3: <laughs> is Michigan and Michigan State gonna play? Sounds like
1: everybody's playing.
3: Okay, because there was talk. Harbaugh wanted them to play yeah. the coach, but the
2: the what I heard is Nebraska, or, uh, Northwestern, and Rutgers were kind of the ones that were dragging their feet. Yeah, but which whatevs. Yeah. So it'll be they'll play their. We'll have to play our side, so we'll play all the West, which is good because we need to keep the axe. Yep and then they're going to figure out the crossovers so it'd be six normal games six regular games and then two crossover
1: games for the other league nice so yeah. football football big 10 football that's what we need yeah, we're in and, fall, so... And f- Packers
3: being back last week, that was great. Yeah, yeah. started out of the season with a win and...
1: Out of the gates. Kind of looked solid the whole game. Gave and the Vikings great. scoliosis. Yeah. <laughs> Again. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> you like that
0: one, Bill? That was good. I haven't yeah. heard that one. Yeah. Oh, you, you haven't seen that meme? No. Yeah, there's a, like a Vikings fan with his head and head hands, like, leaning forward, and it has an arrow, and it says scoliosis, spelled S-K-O-L. S-K-O-L. L.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was awesome. Packers looked awesome. So. Did you,
3: didn't you guys watch it on TV? Yeah. Nope. It, Matt and I were talking about this. I watched it on TV. So did Matt in the crowd, the piped in crowd noise, like you couldn't hear the announcers. I the, felt like it was just this weird, I was listening. it was like it was over the top of the announcers. So we turned the radio the on. The
2: Channel but, 2 guy was at the game. Yeah. And for the TV. And I was listening to an interview on the way in this morning. And he said that that was only on the TV
1: Okay, yeah, that it makes more sense that in I think in the they stadium. Stadium. they piped in they piped crowd noise into the stadium, but he said it wasn't. But they could but, hear but they everything. Pipe in but separately need, for the
2: broadcast, yeah. I was just
3: say that's what I was saying is you know how they have that guy with that cone thing on the field that he's yeah, getting the crowd noise sure. and the it was like well, I was wondering if that was picking up the piped in stuff wrong, but obviously then you're saying they didn't even have that, which makes sense that. Whoever was running the mixer of it just had the crowd they, noise. He figured that the
2: Vikings screwed up okay. that they didn't have it loud enough Classic. in the stadium. Oh yeah, they didn't even hit. Their, no, what was the he could hear? They could every go? 80, eighty, wasn't it? Eighty, yeah. yeah. He said he could hear everybody on the sidelines talking. Weird, like the coaches
1: yelling, just everything.
3: Yeah,
2: so
1: which
3: would be awesome in some.
1: Ways. I, I think like, they should. Uh, I don't think they should like uh, cancel that out at all. Let it go. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear. David Bakhtiari cussing out the, right. the D tackle like that's what I, I that's what it is. I mean that's yeah, what that we want. Awesome. I want to know what's
0: going on. Uh, Greg Jennings is one of the announcer, so you weren't missing much.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> realistically, <laughs> yeah. You know, when that
3: started, and they're talking because they had the plexiglass between them, and then yeah, I'm like, oh, that is Greg Jennings. Oh, that's and then two nobodies because it was like, yeah, I don't remember group. who the other were.
0: Two even were. Yeah. I just remember it was Greg Jennings. Is at one point they're like, well, you played for both teams. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, did he really play for Minnesota? <laughs> um, and he kind of,
3: <laughs> he remember, up. he's the one that talked down the path? Oh, he was, yeah, he, oh, trashed. he, he trashed,
1: trashed us off. when yeah. he left. He threw well, Rodgers under the bus. Didn't hear him last week like, Aaron Rodgers, he's the type of guy. He's going to come in and win you games. I was like, oh, really, Greg? Is that so?
0: Apparently he got over it. Yeah. Whatever. Greg, get out of here. So yeah, falls coming coming together. We got football, we got corn silage harvest pretty much in full swing.
3: So Yeah, what, what uh what quarter do you guys think? Looking at all sort of a bigger chunk of Wisconsin and you think we're either just past halftime, entering third I quarter, think, or Are we in like the sixth inning? I
1: think we're at the uh two minute warning before halftime.
3: You think we're there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're quite to halftime yet, but I, I think it's more like soccer. I think we just don't know when it's going to end.
0: <laughs> Once you There's, start, it just it just goes The time until, keeps rolling. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Some ref will come in later and be like, yep, done. There's this much stoppage so was, time or whatever they have. Yeah, well, it's we had really the rain goofy. last week, yeah. so we
2: had some stoppage time. So who's the ref then, the nutritionist? You guys, yeah, maybe. Yeah, pile
3: ain't big enough. Need to put more on.
0: You guys saw a wagon take a flop, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect to see that this fall. You know, it's been pretty dry, pretty consistent... I, you know, everybody's kind of had a cool head and not rushing through some stuff. And so yesterday C one was quite the surprise for Bill and I. <laughs> the wagon hit a, a rut or a tile blowout or a sinkhole, a little,
2: it was, I mean, it couldn't have been bigger than like a four-wheeler size. Just
1: so. big enough to fit a tire in. Yep.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Just perfect storm.
1: Bloop. Right over. Yeah. Bloop. I don't know about
3: that
0: little <laughs> noise. I think it's a bigger noise than that. It
2: did. It did. We came around the silo we came around the corner where the corn was standing to see this and it's like whoa hey huh i used to see the bottom side of that no that's a bad day for that we had that happened to us one year i had a scout call me he's like hey did you ever want to know what the bottom of your four-wheeler looked like oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah like no no i don't i'm like are you okay he's like yes i was fine
1: hmm yep interesting
2: most, most equipment you don't want to see the bottom
0: of unless you're laying underneath it trying to fix something. Yeah. And even then you probably don't want to see the bottom of it because no. you're like, why am I under here? But yeah. All right. You guys ready to get into this? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. So since we're talking harvest, as things do wrap up, it's time to, it's decision time. So you, you finished your silage now, manure or cover crop first.
3: So what do you guys say? Should we go around the horn? Yep. Max, what do you say?
1: I'm gonna go. Uh, man, I go both ways on this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say um, manure first.
2: I'm gonna say both first, and I will say why later. I'm gonna say cover. Episode over. We're done. <laughs> cover. All right, everyone's. everyone's Especially covered. after the last two falls of just
0: terrible weather. I'm. Uh, I'm like Todd. I'm on the fence a little bit. I. I lean cover, but. Um, I don't think I, I, think I wouldn't say
3: I'm on the fence. I am. Somebody's driving the drill planting. Somebody's doing a different field with manure. manure. So, yeah. like you don't have do both at the same time. Yes, yeah, I'm saying you just like yeah. Somebody can start manure and then you can plant that cover crop when the manure is done. And somebody can be planting cover crop in other places. And if you get to it, you could put manure there. That's that's to to say both. That's what I mean. Fair enough. I guess I look
1: look at it from the accounting perspective that we have X amount of gallons. These X amount of gallons have to be out of the pit by this date. So I guess that way I'm... You're
0: spending money on that cover crop seed, though,
1: too. You are. You are. You want
0: it to actually do something. Right. So I I think what I mean by on the fence, too, is not that you can't do what Todd said, but you got to think about what your goals are. What are you looking to do with... You guys covers, are, what kind of covers are you putting? in? You guys
3: in? are right though. You're burning the candle on both ends. Like it's like that, we're that. burning good days for cover crop to grow, and we're good at burning good manure hauling days. So yep. you're, you're
2: right. Timing,
3: the, timing's important.
2: And the forecast here looks great for doing anything in the field. With you know, it's not warm weather, but sunny. It's supposed to be hazy again
0: but tomorrow. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, there's no rain. But really no rain day for, day for a long for, time. Yeah.
1: And the ground is actually dry enough this year to soak in a little bit of manure, take a little bit of it, not like, or just kind of... blasts it. Yeah. So yeah,
0: like we talked about with wheat, you know, the window length this year um, is quite a bit different last two years. It's been a short window to do anything. And yeah, the last two years, I if you would have asked me this last year, I would have said manure. Because once the ground gets frozen, once we get, you know, snow on the ground, we can't put that out. Um, with covers, you can still frost seed stuff, you know, there's, there's options there, but you know, manure was more important now this year when we've got time now, now it actually comes down to, okay, what are, what are the goals? What do we need to do
1: here? So I think that this, like you say, this becomes an ever changing question based on the year, which, which one's going to come first, you know, which, which way is it going to lean just based on the year? So I don't yep. think we're going to get a definitive answer at the end of this episode. but
0: No, and that's not necessarily what we need either. But just to get guys thinking about, all right, what kind of covers am I going to put out? You know, rye, we've got we got forever <laughs> this year on rye because it, it's got such a low temperature for germination that, you know, we've got lots of time there. But if you're going to put in, like, your peas, some oats, barley, something that needs that heat to get going... You know, if you're going to try, some, some farmers do try to get a fall harvest off of a cover crop. It should be in already. Um, yep. You know, that's probably more of an after wheat type thing. But, you know, what are you
2: trying to do with your cover crop and are we going to get growth? With the bottom line, I think we all agree, we're not going to have the manure guy come and then have him pump the pit and wait till the pit's empty right.
1: before we start cover crops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Todd said, I think this is a drill in one field, manure applicator in the other. Got to get rolling on both. You're not going to cover every acre with manure either. Right. So I mean, you can get your cover crops in there, and you know, spread manure where you're going to go, and then flip flop them in, at the end. So
2: next, you, we were at a farm yesterday. We had that same exact conversation. They probably had. What did we drive by? Four fields. They had cover in.
1: Yep. And, and the crew, the manure crew, was coming later this week, early next week. Yep. So they're. You know they're finishing up their stuff that wasn't going to get any manure and working on the stuff that was going to, and yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it depends how your manure is going to get applied to, because um, your conditions of your field are going to be different depending on how the manure gets applied, with injection or when you're working it in afterwards. You know your your field's going to be wetter from the manure. You know you're not going to be able to get back right back out there right away versus low disturbance. Manure, you probably have a little bit better window to try to go out and, and get back into that field again after the manure.
3: I would say with injection, one thing we saw that worked good is just spinning it on ahead of the, um, and that was with sort of a disc
2: uh, incorporator. More incorporator, then yeah. injector. Right,
3: injector, I don't know that would work, but you know, just with so a disc one, and then then your cover's out and it's ready to go. So they were kind of sp- going out, um, spinning it on ahead of the kind of manure crew and you could be a little bit ahead. You wouldn't want that seed to sort of germinate on top and then get worked in, but they were one or two days ahead of it, and then, then the manure just gets right in, and then it was ready to go. So kind of for that early manure timing, that works too because it's it'll start growing right away then.
0: Yep. I know what, we had a farm that did, they planted all their cover crop seed and then just did surface application over the top, and actually that gave, because that was um, after... Some barley came off, and that field needed the moisture at that time we hadn't gotten the rain, and so that actually helped you know get things started in that field, gave a little extra moisture to kind of get things going
3: there's a lot of different ways to look at that though is is timing is we got forty five days would you guys say till November first to get sort of a rye in the ground yep, yep. Um, Sooner is obviously better, like we said, but, yeah, you could look at different ways of how you're going um, to – at different timings, you could do different ways that you surface apply or incorporate or inject. So the, the technology now is kind of exciting that way where we have different tools to use and not just one size fits all.
0: Yep, and, it, and I think it comes down to how much manure you're trying to get out to, which method you're going to be able to use – Surface and low disturbance, you might be a little more limited versus, you know, injection is usually how we, or incorporation is where we see the bigger, bigger gallons getting put out and then being incorporated. So, um, got to keep that in mind too. How much manure do you want out there? Do you need out there? Again, in a year where we don't have to rush things, you know, we can kind of plan that out a little better than we've
2: had time to do the last couple of years. We have more time to move hose and do all that stuff that last year, frankly, we didn't have the time to do because we just wanted it out.
1: We're seeing manure semis in fields like last year I mean you you were 50 yards off the field at all times you know to have semis in fields is a pretty big yeah it's a pretty big trust to
3: do things which is good yeah,
1: yeah to do and that gives you a lot more options when you can just put a, a splash plate on the back of a tanker and get going you can move a lot of gallons quickly that way so
0: so since harvest is still going and we don't have everything off yet um, another thing to consider is how your covers are being applied so Um, If you interseeded the spring, your cover's already there. So those guys are taken care of if you're putting manure out. You can surface apply your low disturbance manure over the top and still
3: have your cover there. I like your new initials, Matt, for low disturbance. I've been seeing that more, just calling it LDMA, LDMA. low disturbance manure application. I did get it confused once with liquid dairy manure application. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, they mean low disturbance. So no, I like that. It could
1: be LDMA, LDMA. Yeah? You could do... Yeah. Liquid, liquid replication via low, low, disturbance low. herbivore yeah. replication. Too like many that. acronyms. LDMA squared. Yeah. <laughs> Just call it squared. Yep.
3: No,
2: LDMA, it's a good way to shorten it up, though. I like that. Matt, Matt, you were showing us a picture of some drone footage you had of uh, Haggy doing a little... Uh, yep. So if your corn's still
0: there, uh, or your soybeans, um, you know, you can get a ground rig in there. Obviously, you're going to have some stuff run down, but you know they can drop the seed in versus trying to spinner um just a different way of getting it kind of right in between the rows hopefully most sunlight that you need the moisture which we got last week so now um you know that's always the biggest thing with whether it's aerial or ground rig application of seed you need that, S- that surface moisture. application of right.
3: seed in a way or uh, yeah non incorporated you know it's yeah. not it's not in the ground that like you said you need the rain part. So, do you need this way? Do you need a rain after always, or is it even having rain before enough? I think it,
0: it can be enough if okay. you've had it before, though. Having one after would definitely be a bigger benefit. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, there's the drill, which that you can only do when there's not a crop there. So, if you're using the drill, you're gonna have to wait for after harvest. But you know, there are some options now prior to harvest that you can get a cover crop at least in there and if you get it established then there's options for manure to go over the top of that cover
2: crop so i feel like the the sense of the farming community has gotten a little more proactive about the drill like it's not like oh we're gonna harvest and then "Eh, the drill is gonna show up three days from now i feel like more and more guys have maybe a custom guy that does some seeding that they got on speed dial and they're like yep we're starting silage tomorrow the seed is in the yard can you be here at at four because we're going to start at eight chopping and then like that was exactly the same scenario yesterday the farm and i max were at was the drill was in one field they were chopping in another and had he had not have to go to a different farm for today they'd be in that field too you know just there seems they're more proactive about getting cover planted right after harvest yeah don't wait till
0: your chopper's in the yard getting cleaned up to get the drill ready have it ready
3: now do you then, guys see when we're soil sampling too, is that soil right after they harvest is a little bit more, uh, it, it just uh, has better tilth to it. I'm not to drop our name, tilth, but it, it's... it's um, smooth, Todd, real smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's more mellow. Yeah. Whereas yep. like two weeks later... It's, it's been
1: baked in the sun. song. Yeah, and, yep. it's, Everything's and, open now. You're, right. Yep. So
3: I just think that too is you, you, the quicker that you can get in there after that corn is off the better because that that soil, you know, it's like you say, it's bare then. It's open to just getting beat down by the sun and drying it up on the top.
1: We were we were uh doing some uh some pentrometer testing yesterday right behind the chopper and obviously we could find a little compaction here and there, but I was very impressed with how nice that soil looked even after the chopper is driven over it. It still is it still looked like it was ready for a drill to go over top. It yeah. was going to be fine. You were not going to have problems. It was beautiful. So, definitely, uh, the the sooner you can get behind the chopper, it seems like the better success you are going to have. Yep, yeah. and you know you get that
0: bigger growth window. Um, whether you are looking to harvest your cover crop or just use it as a cover crop, you know the longer it's got to grow, the more it's going to do for the soil. To get the roots established. Um, you know, really, we want more below ground growth than we want above ground growth you know we want the above
3: ground too to hold but those roots are what's going to hold the soil so uh, what is neat is right now looking at cover crops that guys get got in on wheat is how in the last week or so they've really jumped and look i mean i got some oats planted after wheat that are you know 12 inches tall already and then Mm -hmm. you go by a bare wheat field now and it's you know you just see sort of that missed opportunity i guess but yeah the the covers after wheat right now sure look awesome and that's will be the same for cord silage if we can get them in in the middle time of september here yeah so if you're going to do your manure first just keep in mind
0: you know this the type of seed that you're putting out so that you're not trying to grow something that isn't going to grow a whole lot because then you're just kind of throwing away your money. Um, you know, stick to the winter cereals and that kind of stuff where you'll get some growth now. It'll be there in spring to help hold, keep that erosion at bay. Um, so just, yeah, be thinking about your plan. Be thinking about what, you, what your goals are, what you want to establish, whether it's if your goal is just to get manure out, then probably do manure first. Go back and seed where you can if your goal is cover crops, establishing them you might want to consider doing them at the same time or a little before or just after. is
1: so anything else you guys have on that? Let's get it done all right anything anything you can do is better than doing nothing at all
0: right don't just don't just decide uh, I'll try it again next year. do something <laughs> because you won't you won't you won't <laughs> all right, so now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So we we seem to have a little bit of a trend going here, a lot of emphasis on getting better beans. You know, We talked about some newer genetics coming out in the last couple episodes, and uh, this one in particular is looking at heat stress-resilient soybeans.
1: We didn't see any of that this summer.
0: (laughs) So optimum temperature for soybean production is around 80. Once things get higher, it negatively impacts seed yield and seed composition. So temperatures above ninety limit grain weight and seed composition and often isn't helped because then you typically have a lack of moisture as things heat up, then things dry out. So Kansas State University and the University of Missouri have started a three year effort to develop soybean cultivars that will better withstand heat stress during the growth period. So now we're you know, we've we've done that in corn, you know, we had drought tolerant varieties we've seen a lot of that and now um, looks like we're going in that direction with the soybeans
2: so we're gonna have some some hs soybeans heat stress soybeans instead of our dg draw card yeah looks like it
0: marketing genius right there <laughs> you should patent that quick Go. got it before this releases yeah,
1: this is official copyright uh hey, i am hey. bill Schomburg's lawyer speaking <laughs> for him Weird. Your lawyer
0: sounds just like Max.
1: (laughs) Most people don't know that, but I did go to law school before I was an agronomist. Um,
0: I don't think the county jail counts as law school. (laughs) (laughs) You do learn a lot.
1: (laughs) No, I went to Facebook law school, actually. Oh, okay. So basically educated. Nothing better. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now we'll
0: move into our Ag History Minute. I love the banjo. All right, so last week we started with part one of the history of silage. We talked about the meaning of ensiling or silage itself. And this week we'll talk about the storage. So the word silo comes from the Greek word syros, which means a hole or pit in the ground for storing corn. Early silos were made of stone or concrete, either above or below ground. But it is recognized that air may be sufficiently excluded in a tightly pressed stack. Though in this case, a few inches of the fodder around the sides is generally useless owing to mildew. So you get that rot in the feed. In the U.S., structures were typically constructed of wooden cylinders of 35 to 40 feet. In the early days of mechanized agriculture, stalks were cut and collected manually using a knife and horse-drawn wagon and fed into a stationary machine called a silo filter that chopped the stalks and blew them up a narrow tube into the top of a tower silo. Filler. Filler, Mm -hmm. not filter. Oh, filler, sorry.
3: A silo filter would be cool.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What What are we
3: filtering out? Yeah, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Filtering out some uh, Don, some mycotoxin? Hopefully. I like
3: the Greek word cirros. That's cool. like that it specifically meant for storing corn so obviously back in the day
0: yeah, and for storing maize but and we found it was easier to go up than down apparently cuz it could yeah, be a hole, a hole or, in a pit sure hole or a pit so you can only dig so far down yeah. with, versus going, going up, up so and yeah obviously then we went to infield choppers and chopping it before we even get to the silo and then just blowing it up there with a a blower real creative name there <laughs> but very, we, we blow it with a <laughs> blower. Very much Dang. describes the job. Very dangerous machine. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> sucks when you plug it. Yeah,
1: what's worse, plugging the chopper, or plugging the blower? blower, blower, blower. I I figured that would be a unanimous answer. Oh, that's easy, uh, yeah, yeah. Because
3: blower, you got the whole tube up,
1: right? Is yeah, because you could potentially jam that silo. You plug full. it tight, and yes. you can't stop it fast enough.
2: Nope. Right. Once it's well, you're out not, you, of the wagon.
1: Yeah. And it's falling into the
2: blower housing or the blower mouth or whatever.
1: Well basically, if you want to stop a blower clog, you have to stop two different PTOs at yeah. the same time, which you always stop the wagon. We can't yeah, even we right. can't even stop one usually. Yeah. And
0: it's it's always happens like you're watching, 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 and then you look away for like two seconds and you
1: look back. Oh, no Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's when the big glut falls. Yep. Yeah. And that's right when dad walks around the barn <laughs> going, are you kidding me? What did you do? Is
0: that where you learn to say, what did, uh, yes. what did you do, Bill? Is yes. from your dad.
1: What did you do?
3: We'll hear it again later. Well, if you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org and find a crap consultant in your area please subscribe to our podcast and tell a farmer friend. We appreciate you listening. We love that you're listening, and we appreciate the download, but all we ask is you tell a farmer friend and show them what a podcast is. So the podcast player we use is Podcast Addict Works Good.
1: um, Apple Podcasts. Apple
3: Podcasts. Um, So whatever you like using, just show your friend, and maybe you can go download some Joe Rogan and then listen to us, the Joe Rogan of agriculture. Max Rogan.
1: (laughs) Max <laughs>
3: Matt where can they follow us?
0: Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at tilt Talk radio All right, let's do some cool beans that's corny so cool beans. cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans our cool beans for this week is EPA and USDA are seeking new fertilizer technologies so uh, the way it sounds is they're putting together a competition to Challenge. challenge the industry to find new and existing fertilizer technologies to maintain or improve crop yield while reducing impact of fertilizers on the environment. So doing more with what we have or finding something new that will have less of an impact on the environment while still maintaining yields. So there you go. If you've got some great ideas, you can get in on this competition. 10 grand. Yeah. I was just going to say the winner will receive at least 10 grand. So I don't think at they least. quite uh, well, I don't at least <laughs> hammered down the exact amount, but you know, I it's f- at least 10,000.
1: I'm just saying if I came up with the solution that they're looking for, 10 grand would not be doing it for me. I would say, forget this contest. <laughs> 10 I'm just, mil. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be a, f- a fertilizer plant now. Yep. Sell it. Yeah. 10 grand. Come on, you guys talk so- to Bill and Melinda. <laughs>
0: So the challenge opened up August 26th, and will, uh, entries can continue until October 30th. That's not very long. Well, yeah, you, so you've got over a month here to, to put cure. your stuff together.
1: This is the four greatest minds of agriculture in this room <laughs> right now. Not, not that we're the four greatest minds. We're the four greatest minds that in happen to be in this room.
2: We better come up with something.
1: That at least can beat everybody else in this room.
2: All right, there you go. You've got your homework for
0: when we get done with the podcast. All right, and our that's corny for this week is the recommendation that Duraco fields it's time to walk away from those crops. So you've back to Duraco. We're back worrying about. Yep. So what Ken, do we do now? Right? Ken Ferry, the Farm Journal field agronomist. Advises walking away from those growing crops, and it's uh, the, the article starts. You've never heard Ken Ferry advise walking away from a growing crop until today. Um, so basically, his argument is: trying to pick up the corn will only lower uh, your insurance check and destroy combines, which is going to drive up, and drive up drying costs. So you're more wear and on your equipment, more drying cost, less insurance money. Uh, Grain quality is going to be challenged. You're going to be mold from laying on the ground. And so they're already disking corn down in some areas. So
2: That is that is corny. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: it's like a porn you know, they already went through power outages and all other problems with that storm and then just that's another part of the aftermath that that just sucks. So yeah, it sounds like a lot's been
0: zeroed out down there by insurance and basically the the measurement says uh, they're using yardsticks, and if it's lower than 20 inches off the ground, it's zeroed out and unharvestable. So that's your metric.
1: What's tough is that some of these guys are relying on this to feed animals, and it's hard to say, well, just take the insurance check, you know? Because insurance checks don't... I mean, you can buy the feed, but they don't... You can't just hand the yes. cow the check and be like, okay, here you go. You, you're Pick on this. your
0: own this year. Go find,
3: you you know, buy, find some food. It's tough and you guys know how storm damage works it's not it's not, you've probably some fields that are totally destroyed and then you have a certain amount that maybe don't hit this 20 inch off the ground mark you know that they're
1: well this field was planted north south rows and this one was planted uh, yeah, east west rows and half it's completely the fields, different
3: half the fields down and the other half sort of okay and it's wrapped around yeah just the deciding of it it's not that black and white right and no matter what, whether you're disking it down or what
0: happens, because I think we've all seen fields the year after hail or something hits a crop and you, you can't harvest the corn, what that field's going to look like next year with all the volunteer corn. It's going to
1: be a mess. Yeah. I
0: it's mean, your cover crop.
3: Your cover crop is... <laughs>
1: corn stalks.
2: That
3: is now, yeah, triple stacked and roundup ready. And Max, you said about feeding cattle, I, I think you should just start putting up fence around these and yeah, just getting them in there as, knock, as quick as you them, yeah. can. Not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Just, just start planting fence posts. Get and the be, mower out become wind corn. Just, and windrow Just Just, yeah, let, let them graze it.
0: Windrow it. I, I have heard, yeah, I think they were doing some of that where, yeah, just trying to windrow it or chop it. And, yeah.
1: You almost run it through like a like a green chopper could be your best bet yeah, and just flail her up. Yeah. Man. I don't know. Tough day. It just, keep, it just keeps getting worse yep. for them down there. The hits just keep coming. But I guess that's kind of what you expect when a storm like this goes through. You don't see the aftermath. I mean, in January, we'll know for real how bad this was. So. All
0: right. So now we'll wrap things up with you applied. What? What did you do Alright, so this week what I've got for you I don't know that I can give you a clue without giving the whole thing away and making it easy, so I just want to hear what your thoughts are. So our four products are Gramoxone McGregor's Weed Out 2,4-D and Canopy.
1: One of these is sold on Amazon.com
0: <laughs> downs. Alright, it is downs. We're burning them down so you're you're right there. Can you figure out the odd one out of these burn down products? Mm. So well, they they are all actual chemicals. So there's nothing that's not a not a chemical, not a chemical, and they all are actually used for burn down. So it's <laughs> something deeper than
1: that. Ooh. Deeper. Well, I don't know. This is kind of a you're kind of tricky here, Matt.
2: Is nature. it is is McGregor's Weed Out not labeled for field crops? Nope, it's labeled for field crops. Nope. So a nice try there. Um, I picked this
0: particular w- McGregor's in particular because it, it, you guys aren't going to know what the active ingredient is. Probably no. Okay, uh, no. I like uh,
1: vinegar. Do, do you want me to give you a hint? So are we going to say McGregor's is the odd one because it's a different active ingredient I, no, I, or different?
0: They're all they're all different active ingredients too.
1: Yep, Matt. This might be the first time we've been completely stumped on you. <laughs> yeah, by we don't what? even
3: know what the question is. I don't. Th- like what he's That's the
1: hard part. Is what here. I don't know what to answer. This. you yeah, right. right. McGregor's has more letters than the rest of them. <laughs> here's
0: yeah. here, here's the hint. So McGregor's is glyphosate. Oh. Ah. Okay.
3: Does that help? That's great though. No, I'm just picturing <laughs> when somebody's like, You spraying Roundup out there? No, I'm <laughs> it's McGregor's we out. Don't it's, worry about it. It's McGregor's.
0: McGregor.
2: <laughs> putting out the McGregor's. Isn't that like Peter Rabbit? Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it? it Mr. Farmer, Farmer, Farmer McGregor? yeah. yeah Mr. Maybe Mr. McGregor, it's his yeah. concoction to keep Peter out of the out of the garden.
3: And it, and we know all Gramoxone all and 24 D are so it's Gramoxone all Non Roundup burn downs? No. Well no McGregor's is maybe it's like no is resid- it Residual. Because two four D's got like a, ten, it's like uh, ten days only. Yeah, I don't know what's in canopy. I don't remember what's in canopy though. So
0: Todd, you're you're pretty much right. So two four D oh. is the odd one out. Okay. Um and it's it's not only the residual effect, but it's also grasses. The other three will take out any Graces. type of grasses okay. yep. versus two four D. So Maxone uh. pretty
1: much just takes out everything right yeah i mean yeah, if, it's like green, if it's green if it's green it's gonna be brown next week that, and that uh, well we next brown week brown like an hour. An hour. yeah yeah Ooh, next it's... next week with Gramoxone. yeah oh, that's a no no hour. mcgregor's weed out that's a week yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah that was a, i knew if i just put glyphosate it might be too easy sure, so sure. that's why i found it odd mcgregor's it's weed
2: a, out 24d being the only broadleaf burn down everything else has grass control yep
3: what it's is in old. canopy? It's a Corteva thing. Um, uh,
2: I'm trying to bring Can- it up. It's coming up here. A
3: little. Yeah, I can't remember. Metribuzin. Metribuzin. Yeah. And chloromeron ethyl. I Yeah.
1: Chemicals, man. Yeah. This is why we do this segment right here. This yep. is exactly why. So, I'm going to get some
2: McGregors today.
0: So, being fall, if you're going to do some burn downs, there's some options for you. If you need grass control. You can mix 2,4D with I think any of these products, so um, you can get the broadleaf and grass control both. And, you, and some people do Gramoxone Roundup and 2,4D, so you can mix them all together <laughs> practically. So there you go.
2: Well, th- thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Max Matt. I
1: keep oh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, yep, Max. Hey. Max is here. Yeah. The Everybody. guy, went, the guy who went to law school, also hosts the podcast now. <laughs> You're just multitasking. I'm yeah. winning I'm winning the day, that is for sure. I mean,
0: I'm sitting next to him, and he still can't remember my name. No. All right, awesome. Tough. Next
1: week, we'll get it. That's yeah. a tough look. Yeah, that's that's right. a tough look.
0: All right, so this week we talked about doing manure or covers first, um, whether you should do one or the other or try to do both. In our spotlight, we looked at heat stress-resilient soybeans, Egg History Minute, we talked about the history of silage, Cool Beans, that's corny. Our Cool Beans was the EPA-USDA contest seeking new fertilizer technology. The corny was Duraco Fields still causing problems for farmers down in Iowa. And you applied what? We talked burn down. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.